The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you're here. Big show. We're going to try to jam a lot in, but if you want to get involved, we'd love to have you. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. When you're calling, you'll be talking to Matt. And if you want to text, hey, let's throw in a text question of the night. Why not? Uh, tonight's text question of the night. What was your biggest achievement of 2023? This is our final live show of 2023. Uh, so we're, we're kind of looking back just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to start off. First of all, Matt, hello. Glad you're here. Um, things, uh, things good. Oh yeah. Great day to have a great day. Oh, it's always a great day to have a great day. Your biggest achievement trying to work in as many, uh, just, Easy uh, hacks eggs as possible, and I love that. Here's mine. My biggest achievement, uh, I know the real cause of the Civil War. That's right, folks. It was slavery. Uh, I don't know. Everybody's been talking about this all day. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it other than to say, if you're running for president of the United States and uh, you don't have the guts to say that slavery was the cause of the Civil War when it's in historical documents. Everybody who's ever studied the Civil War knows it. Uh, then really, you probably aren't smart enough to be president. Okay? Uh, Nikki Haley, yes, she was the governor of South Carolina. Yes, they were the first state to secede from the Union. But uh, the reason they seceded from the Union was not because of states' rights and the government. But, but, but no, they wanted to keep people. They wanted to keep people working for free as slaves to drive the economy of South Carolina. And then all the other states that jumped in did the same thing. So uh, this this is pretty cut and dry. And I would this is the one thing I was happy to see everybody on both sides of the aisle come out and criticize her for this this was not and then she pulled the old oh yeah i'm sure he was a democratic plant no this could have been a kindergarten kid this could have been well not kid. i guess you don't study the civil war in kindergarten let's say a sixth grader this could have been a sixth grader who know everybody knows slavery was the cause of the civil war that was it um so Good on everybody else for criticizing Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley, good try at backpedaling. Uh, good try at uh, trying to get the, the guy who asked the question when she said, what do you want me to say about slavery? I don't know. Maybe that it was horrible and it was the cause of the Civil War. And uh, that's that. But she didn't. Uh, from the 414, answering our text question of the night, your biggest achievement in 2023 uh, my biggest achievement was bittersweet. I survived triple bypass surgery. That's a that's a huge achievement. Congratulations. We're glad you're still around to uh, to join us in 2024. That's uh, that's terrific. Matt, do you have a big achievement in uh, from 2023? I know you've had many, especially professionally here. But is there something that outweighs all the great professional achievements that you've accomplished in 2023? I'm going to fire off, too. My first one is uh, getting credentialed to cover the Super Bowl uh, way back when in February. And my second one's graduating college. Wow. Those are, yeah, those are pretty big achievements. Pretty big. That's enough. I, I, you could rest your laurels on that till next year. Very nice. Well, congratulations on both of those. Yeah, that's our text question of the night, 855-616-1620. Sometimes I look at uh, the year at the end, and I'm just happy that I made it through. 
And sometimes that is, for me, the biggest accomplishment, that we just, that we just made it. Things are, you know, we survived uh, as a family some of the things that, uh, you know, ups and downs like everybody, and uh, we're still around, so that's good. All right, another, we're, com- we're coming out of the box hot because we got to get to some stuff. But uh, if you haven't heard this, this has just happened within the last hour or so. Maine has become the second state in the union to uh, kick Donald Trump off the primary ballot. Now, this one is a lot different than Colorado, because this one, the decision was made by the Secretary of State, who was a Democrat. She um, she said she presided over an administrative hearing earlier in the month about Trump's eligibility for office. A bipartisan group of former state lawmakers filed the challenge against Trump. So... He is, for now, off the ballot in Maine for the primary. Again, this is for the primary. Um, The Secretary of State, whose whose name is Shanna Bellows, said, I do not reach this conclusion lightly. Democracy is sacred. I I am mindful that no Secretary of State has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I am also mindful, however, that no presidential candidate has ever before engaged in insurrection, end quote. So a lot of legal experts are saying they hope that or they believe that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to settle this before the election for the entire country. But right now, her decision can be appealed in the state courts, which I'm sure, you know, Trump's Trump's lawyers already probably have all the paperwork ready to go. It'll be filed. If it's not filed tonight, it'll be filed tomorrow. The appeal of that. So um, just a reminder that the 14th Amendment says American officials who, quote, engage in, end quote, insurrection can't hold future office. But the provision is vague and doesn't say how the ban should be enforced. So that's going to be a question for all the states, it's going to be a question for the state Supreme Courts for the primary and then the uh, U.S. Supreme Court for the general election. But, you know, general election is only 11 months away. So we will see what happened. Another uh, 715, kind of echoing your biggest achievement of the year, Matt. I graduated college and moved to Milwaukee. Well, very good. Um, that is terrific. Dan says, I walked out of a hospital against medical orders. All right. Dan telling the doctors, hey, hey, listen, I think I know a little more than you, and strolling out. That was his biggest achievement. That's the uh, text question of the night. We're going to get to more. And uh, listen, Matt and I talked about this Tuesday morning on Monday morning quarterback. I know it's confusing. Don't uh, don't try to figure it out. It'll hurt your head. Uh, the Packers made a decision on J.R. Alexander. We'll talk about that and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. Hey, it's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620, our text question of the night. What was your biggest achievement of 2023? Sam says, I broke up with an abusive ex and got into grad school. Very nice, Sam. Congratulations. All right, we talked about this the other day uh, when I was in for Steve Scafidi on Tuesday, and Matt was in doing sports for Brandon. It was a confluence of nights during the day. The universe was out of balance, but uh, we did Monday morning quarterback on Tuesday morning, and Matt sat in, and we talked about Jair Alexander and his crazy antics at the beginning of the game, going out for the coin toss, almost costing Green Bay 
the ball in the second half because he didn't say he wanted to defer. Uh, and Matt, you explained that that rule is very much like the law and the wording has to be precise, correct? Correct. So he didn't use the right wording, but for whatever reason, um, the referee gave them a break. And he, the referee questioned if he had actually meant what he said. And they went, oh, no. So today... The Packers suspended him for one game. Uh, and I think that's, you know what, I think that's fine. They they said, uh, this was um, this was what the uh, GM, Brian, uh, Brian Gut- Guttenkust, Kunst, I can't remember, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I still, I still, when I read Giannis's name, I still mispronounce it. Anyway, he said the decision to suspend a player is never easy and not one we take lightly. Um... Unfortunately, Jair's actions prior to the game in Carolina led us to take this step. As an organization, we have an expectation that everyone puts the teams first. While we are disappointed, we had a good conversation with Jair this morning and fully expect him to learn from this as we move forward together. We look forward to welcoming him back next week as he is a valued member of this team and will continue to be in the future. And you know what? I I think it's fair. I don't think Jair Alexander can have that much beef with it. Because it, he had told the other captains, or, or they all knew the story was different. I've I've heard, and Matt, correct me if if what I've heard is wrong. I've heard either the captains told him to come out because it was his hometown, or he asked the captains, and everybody, and they all knew. But then some people are saying he just went out. What have you heard on the sports beat? I've heard similar stories to both of those, but no matter what happened. The only way you're walking out to midfield for the coin toss, especially in the Packers situation, because they don't have captains. They have game captains. So right. it's based off of how you perform each week. The only way you're walking out for that coin toss is if Matt LaFleur tells you you are. And well, so that's offense number one. Right. Offense number two is he makes a mistake by miscalling it. And I think the reason why Green Bay suspended him is because this is the youngest roster in the National Football League. And Jair Alexander, even though he was drafted in 2018... You can't set an example like this for your younger players and expect them to follow in good suit. And therefore, the front office had to act. Yeah, and I, you make a very good point. And I make this point at school, too, and I think, it's, I think it's valid pretty much anywhere. Think about where you work. If there are rules at your workplace and everybody follows them except one person, and that one person breaks a, a pretty important rule and you don't do anything... What's the incentive for everybody else to um, continue to follow those rules? It's the same at school. If a kid acts up, there has to be consequences, or the whole class is going to think that's okay. So your point that this is a message not only to him, but to the uh, the young players on the roster that hey, it's one game. He's suspended. We you know we value him. We want him back. We talk to him. He's not. This is a, this is a one time thing, and hopefully he'll learn from it and. And then it's behind us. I think exactly. that's, I think it's valid. And also to do it when you're facing the top receiver in the NFL and Justin Jefferson, yeah, that is a bigger ask than I'm sure what they wanted to do. Well, it's you know, that's what you got to do it. You know, you you gotta you gotta lay down the law sometimes. So I was happy about that. All right, we got to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into this. We have so much to do. Uh, well, all right, we'll save that. We'll save the chance. We're going to talk about uh, the chancellor. 
Gao. We got to talk about him after after the news at seven thirty. But when we come back, uh, Sunday is New Year's Eve. I'm wondering from you if you are a stay at home celebrant. Do you go out to dinner early? Do you just ignore it? Or are you one of these people who must rage to welcome in the year? So we'll talk a little bit about our New Year's Eve plans and what you're going to do for New Year's Eve right after this on WTMJ. Oh, my goodness. We are the 28th of December. Sunday is New Year's Eve. A lot of, lot of people making a lot of plans. And I'm wondering, are you a stay-at-home celebrant, or do you still go out and try to rage against the uh, the dying of a new year? 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. I used to be, uh, I used to be kind of, and I say this, uh, I don't know, take it for what it's worth. I was what people did for New Year's Eve, because I, for years and years, always did stand-up on New Year's Eve. So before that, I was young, and I would go to parties uh, at friends' house or things like that, or I was in college, you know, and, and would go to parties. Then I started doing stand-up, and I did stand-up every New Year's Eve for probably 20 years. And uh, now you couldn't, you couldn't drag me out. Thankfully, my wife has the same sort of mentality. A couple years we tried to go, we tried to go out and go to dinner or something, but... New Year's Eve is such a nightmare. So we, st and then when our daughter was in school, she would have friends over to the house, which was great because that was another excuse for us not to have to do anything. We'd, uh, we started probably 10, 12 years ago. We started getting sushi on New Year's Eve, uh, bringing it home. And then we sit around after we eat dinner. And like when my daughter was there, she and her friends would be in the basement and they'd be having fun. And uh, then my wife would go to bed about 10.30. Um, and then in subsequent years, while my, while my daughter was in college and she would come home, most of the time she wasn't out. Sometimes she would go to a party at her friends and she'd stay over there. But um, normally our house on New Year's Eve is we have, our, we have our sushi. Then maybe we watch a movie or something. We have a couple of drinks. We're sitting around. By 10, my wife has fallen asleep, so she goes up to bed. Then the dogs are asleep, and I'm sitting there watching the countdown alone at midnight with um, some sort of cocktail. And then, you know, I watch, I watch the countdown. I watch the fireworks that they televise, and then, I, then I'm like, all right, it's New Year, off to bed. That's it. Matt, you're still a young man. You're still uh, you still have a vibrant social life. You have roommates and craziness. What do you do on New Year's Eve? Well, typically I'm always someplace else because my family rarely travels during the Christmas part of holiday break. We're always gone during the New Year's part oh, of the okay. break. So last year we celebrated New Year's in Morocco, and then the year before Whoa. Palm Springs. The year before we actually had our first New Year's at home in quite some time because of COVID. And Italy, like, we're always someplace else for uh, New Year's Eve. So it honestly depends on where we are, what the vibe is, what they do. And uh, What about this year? You're not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. This year I actually am. The last minute, oh. um, visit some family downstate. So it'll be a different type of New Year's Eve because we're not on a, like, a vacation vacation for yeah. New Year's Eve. Oh, but, but you'll be out of town still. We'll be out of town. So we got to see uh, what they do. Yeah, what's a, what town uh, downstate? Champagne. Champagne. Okay, yeah, I don't know how they celebrate in Champagne. 
Do they tip a cow or something at midnight? I don't know. It, it, news isn't really good down in Champaign <laughs> do they, today. No, it's so. not. I was just going to say, do they? <laughs> yeah. Do they try to hang some of their basketball players in effigy? I don't know. I'm not going to dive into that, really, because uh, probably not. We, all, we don't have a ton of time, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's not a that's not a good story. That'll be something you'll hear on more sports reports as uh, as the week goes on. So yeah, it's going to be it's uh, we're you know we've got the sushi planned. Our daughter is our daughter and her fiance are actually her fiance. Oh my god, no, they're not they're not engaged. Her boyfriend, my daughter and her boyfriend uh, are going to the Bears game on New Year's Eve, and I'm like, why? Uh, but they're going, and uh, you know. That you'll, that you'll complain that it's cold and wet and miserable, and they left after halftime. Or weather's know, supposed to be whatever. good on Sunday, is it? I think so. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I thought I, th- I thought today, right before uh, the show, I thought I was watching. I thought saw some snow flurries, but who knows? It's winter. It's winter in the Midwest. It's going to get cold. So I hope. As I'm not going to preach to you. I hope you have a very fun. New Year's. This is. I don't know if your neighborhood does this, Matt. You live. Uh, you live pretty upscale. Probably not. Uh, my neighborhood sounds like Beirut on uh, New Year's Eve. The fireworks will start at about ten, and they will go till probably two a.m. That's People honestly not just, bad. Now that's a four New Year's hours Eve. of fireworks on New Year's Eve. That's not bad. Yeah, it is. Stop. It's worse. the Fourth of July. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds annoying. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Jessica, will you be uh, will you be just monitoring the news on New Year's Eve? <laughs> uh, during the day, I will. But during New Year's Eve, I have plans for fondue with my friends. Fa- oh, I that that is a common New Year's Eve thing. I've heard many people yeah. like to do fondue. Yeah, very nice, sweet, savory, both. Undetermined. There might be multiple. <laughs> wow, this is exciting news. We'll have to check in after the uh, after the new year. Jessica Gatso is here. She's having fondue in a couple days, but right now it's time for us to go listen to her in the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom because she has all the news. Oh, yeah. Getting our groove on because I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to be the new chancellor of UW Lacrosse. Try to fit the vibe that's going on up there. Yes, it's Brian Noonan. Yes, it's WTFJ Nights. Yes, if you're sensitive, you might want to uh, come back in a few minutes. Because we have to talk about this story. People have been talking about it all day. Uh, Joe Gao, who was the who was the chancellor at UW-Lacrosse, he was on with uh, Vince and Eric this morning. So this uh, he got fired last night. And he got fired for a number of reasons. But... Um, one of them was because, well, most of it was because he's involved in uh, adult content. Uh, you could call it pornography if you want. Uh, on some of the sites, I guess, according to reports, there are videos of he and his wife, uh, the, what's that, what do they call themselves, the sexy couple, uh, sexy, healthy cooking, uh, sexy, healthy couple. They're uh, They're engaging in, you know, consensual monogamous relations between a married couple and putting them up on uh, different video sharing sites the this is a this is a uh, like a twofold or threefold issue so i'm going to i'm going to bang these out ha <laughs> ha oh yeah man i had to try to get it in i had to try to slip it in somewhere you know that so first of all i don't have a problem with um people watching pornography uh if if you and your 
wife, your partner, whatever, you want to film yourself doing it and you want to put it up on one of these sites, that's not my business. I don't care. Uh, doesn't hurt me. I think, number two, our ability as a country and as a society to talk about sexuality is still very grounded in a puritanical kind of mindset where we don't want to talk about it. Uh, people, it's gotten a little more mainstream where people will talk about maybe watching some porn or this or that. And yes, there's a time and a place for it. And yes, it should only be amongst adults. All of that goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway before people start getting upset. But uh, I also, so I, I don't care what Joe Gao did. I also think he got in trouble five years ago for inviting uh, adult star Nina Hartley to come and give an optional lecture on campus during a freedom of uh, freedom of speech, freedom of expression conference. Uh, it was called Fantasy versus Reality: Viewing Adult Media with a Critical Eye. Uh, he was reprimanded. He was denied his raise, uh, and then he personally paid the speaker's fee. He stood by his decision then saying uh, that, you know, it's all about freedom of speech. That's what everybody on the Board of Regents, everybody's talking about all the time. That is, it is all, we preach freedom of speech, and yet, no. And so he had been living this secret life of a guy making porn videos with his wife and putting them up on platforms. He started a, a cooking show on YouTube not too long ago. Uh, called Suck, Sexy Healthy Cooking. And Matt, I told you this, so I'm reading all this today, and I'm like, I gotta go to YouTube. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to search out the other sites. But YouTube, I know there's not gonna be any duty. It was the weirdest thing. Because it's he and his wife, and a porn star, and they're in what looks like a, a, a TV set for a kitchen, and they're talking to a porn star as they cook vegan meals. So they're talking about the recipe and talking about tofu and kale and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, the, the, I watched I watched about 10 minutes of one of them. And then his wife, who uh, was also, you know, also a college administrator, uh, Carmen Wilson is her name. They, they'll ask about, you know, oh, the industry. And the, the question I saw today was, you know, they say in pornography, the critics say that women are all being exposed or exploited. But uh, what about the men? The men get paid like uh, a fraction of what the women make. And uh, aren't the men being exploited, too? And I didn't stick around for the whole answer from the uh, the porn star. Uh, coincidentally enough, it was Nina Hartley, who he had brought to campus that day. But, um, you know, because she was going to go into the whole labor labor relations thing about in, in the adult industry and listen every industry has their own issues that's fine all right so the porn part is separate the porn part is a personal decision between a man and his wife um this is what bothers me about it what bothers me about it is joe gow is now saying that his first amendment rights have been violated Oh, everybody Everybody likes to cry people, about their First Amendment rights being violated. What's it with people of intelligence today not understanding the Constitution? It's really easy. The First Amendment is really simple. So it's simple. not very long. I'll read it to you right now. Please like, read so it to simple. me right now. 
Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. All right. I'm, I have it up in front of me. I listened to your fine reading of it. I was reading along with you, and I keep looking at it, and mm, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't anywhere in there say your employer can fire you if you're making porn. It, that's, that's not it. I'm sure that somewhere in his contract, there has to be some kind of clause, some kind of morality clause. And I, listen, I don't think, I think you have to use your own head. I don't know what is in a lot of these morality clauses, but I know if you do something that reflects badly on your employer, they have a right to fire you. And it has nothing to do. Congress did not say, no, uh, Joe Gao and your, uh, and your lovely wife, uh, Carmen Wilson, you can't make sexy videos and have sexy time and put it up on the Internet. You can do that. There's thousands, if not millions, of people making porn. And the government isn't stopping them, unless they're children. And I, I have to say that because you know, Matt, there's going to be some snarky person who's going to be a little bit good. Look at Shut up. You know what I'm talking about. But the government didn't stop him. The Board of Regents at UW in the UW system, they came to the conclusion that what he was doing did not reflect well on the university. And because of that, he had to go. And he had written a, they've written a couple books under pen names. Uh, and so now he's not part of... They're looking because he had already said, if you weren't familiar with the story, he had already said he was stepping down as chancellor at the end of this year and he was just going to go back to being a faculty member next year. Um, but the... Um, what was I going to say? Sorry. Um, but now they're saying they have to look at his tenure to make sure he didn't violate something there so he can still be on the staff. And this is a guy with a Ph.D. In what? This is a, as, you, as you said, Matt, a smart guy. And smart people sometimes make really bad decisions. And he had said in his interview with the Journal Sentinel that he didn't, he doesn't uh, have any regrets about that. And I don't, I don't have, I don't think he should have regrets. He's an adult. He and his wife made a decision. Exactly. That's what they did. But... But then you can't you can't blame the university system for saying this is not what we want our this is not no. who we want our chancellor to be. No, and you have to reap the consequences. That's right. You got to reap the whirlwind. Oh, there's a, there's a quote from a recent WTMJ retiree that I'm sure if he was on the air right now, this would be a a perfect situation. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Jeff Wagner. Yeah. He literally effed around and found out. <laughs> literally. This is the perfect this is the perfect example of that saying. Because listen, now uh I'm not gonna lie to you. I did Google to see if <laughs> but uh, nothing came up. Um just the just the YouTube show. And listen, if you're a vegan and you like to, uh, and you like porn, that might be the, the YouTube show for you. Everybody's fully clothed. Uh, in this one, the Nina Hart, uh, Nina Hartley and, uh, 
Mrs. Gao or Mrs. Wilson, Karma Wilson, they were enjoying a nice glass of white wine. The, uh, the chancellor was standing behind them in a fashion-forward, untucked shirt with some designer jeans. Uh, it, all looked very, it all looked very fun. And so, you know, that was it. Um, and I do, think, I do think there is room for improvement in this country when it comes to talking about things that have to do with sexuality. I think especially for as, you know, when you're getting, when you're getting uh, in your later years of high school, um, I think parents should be more open about talking about sex and sexuality with their children to prepare them. I think uh, we should have, uh, you know, a little more open dialogue on college campuses. There should be nothing that's out of bounds. If you're having a free speech and free expression conference, yes, there that is part of free speech because, you know, people want to ban it. Is it the government trying to ban it? No, but people are always trying to ban pornography and, and things like that. So it's it's valid to have somebody on campus talking about that. It wasn't it wasn't a required course or a required lecture. But we've gotten so afraid and I know on this one I'm I'm kind of hitting both sides, but we have gotten so afraid of anything that might any idea that might upset us a little bit or might upset somebody that we don't want to talk about it. And then if we make a decision to do it, we don't want to take the heat for our decision. We want to blame it on some big uh, system that is suddenly oppressing us. No, sometimes you make a decision, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that is not a euphemism. Just so, Matt, I know you were going to mark that off for when HR calls me in. That was not a euphemism. That was just a saying. Uh, what do you think about this? 855-616-1620. If you want to weigh in on that, our text question of the night also is, what was your biggest achievement of 2023? So we've got a lot to get to in the final few minutes of the big broadcast. Let's get to them after this. WTMJ Nights. All right, final few minutes of the big broadcast after 8 o'clock. It's Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio. Uh, we were talking about New Year's Eve plans earlier. Rusty from Two Rivers texted in. Uh, my wife and I will make a nice steak lobster dinner. Then we'll watch the East Coast New Year's Eve on TV. And at their midnight, we'll dance to Auld Lang Syne uh, and have a New Year's kiss. Then I'll go to bed, and she'll stay up to watch the local New Year's Eve and come to bed. That sounds, that sounds good. Yeah, I, you know, ours is kind of the flip where my wife will go to bed first, but that's all right. All right, uh, bad news if you are a beer drinker, which you know I am, but uh, not for us. The beer is still out there. The bad news basically comes for beer for brewers because beer sales in the U.S. are expected to plunge to their lowest level since 1999, and they're blaming most of it on, yes, Bud Light and their uh, massive, massive fallout after they uh, tied in with... Uh, transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. So that uh, that they're saying cost, when people stopped buying Bud Light, that affected the entire market. Their sales have steadily declined each month by 25 to 30% since April. Um, we covered this when it happened, that Bud Light used to, had been number one for 20 years. Now, some, some beers overtook them as number one, but those beers didn't sell as much as Bud Light. So... You know, depending on who you're talking about or who you're talking to, 
the Bud Light, the Budweiser people are like, yeah, we've changed our campaign now, and we're trying to get it back. Um, the Molson Coors people are saying, no, it's not a beer problem, it's a Bud Light problem, but craft beer sales are down after the big boom in uh, craft beer and craft breweries. So everybody in the beer industry is a little bit worried, and it's not just because of Bud Light. There's a number of reasons that this is happening. Some of them, you know, younger, younger people aren't drinking as much, or they're drinking other things. They're not drinking beer. The rise in the legalization of cannabis is affecting the alcohol industry. Um, canned cocktails, uh, a lot of those things, the hard seltzers, a lot of those are cutting into beer's market share so listen if you like beer buy some because uh you know you got to keep especially your local breweries if you're going to be celebrating new year's eve at home get some local beer and uh enjoy it there's a there's a million great breweries in the milwaukee area get some all right this was the funniest story i saw all day uh Surprisingly, it comes from Florida, and yet it doesn't have anybody drunk. Nobody's naked. Uh, there's not an alligator involved, and nobody was punching a manatee in the face. So you might be thinking, well, how could it be from Florida? This is why. A woman uh, in Tampa dressed, dressed in an, inflata uh, an inflatable suit. like a, uh, She was dressed as a gingerbread man, a holiday decoration. And she stood on her yard, in her yard, frozen in this gingerbread suit, gingerbread man suit, until her Amazon driver came. And she, I don't know how she knows this, unless she works from home or gets a lot of things delivered by the same person, she knew who this Amazon driver was. So she's out there like one of her lawn ornaments. And she's waiting and waiting. And you see the Amazon driver come, and he was very efficient. He jumps out of his truck, and he's got it the box, and he goes up to the porch. And he's on his way back to the truck, and all of a sudden this giant gingerbread man starts chasing after him. <laughs> and he freaked out. And it was just the dumbest and funniest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, she sprinted toward him. Uh, she caught him. And they both started laughing, and he said, you scared the hell out of me. Then uh, so they shared that story. It went uh, it went viral. Obviously, she said she just wanted to pull a prank on her Amazon driver, and uh, they told her later that he had uh, she had made his day. So that's a it's a good story to come out of Florida. I I admire it because that's dedication. Oh yeah, because you gotta Hopefully stay. You, got you don't know exactly too. when your Amazon driver's coming. Oh yeah. So I'm good. I'm I I think this is great. And kudos to Florida for finally giving us a story that we're happy to report. A story that makes us proud of Florida. Would you ever st have you ever uh, done an elaborate prank, Matt? Elaborate? Yeah. I'm trying to think of one that was absolutely elaborate. There's a lot of jump scares and stuff like that. Okay. But nothing too elaborate with me personally. Tying in, this is a perfect transition into Brewers Weekly coming up next. But yes, so in El Paso, Brewers manager Pat Murphy pranked former MLB player and current analyst on TBS Jeff Francoeur by convincing him that one of his teammates was deaf. <laughs> when I was in Kenosha, I love it. Our manager was an assistant coach under Murph in El Paso when he did the Francoeur prank. 
And so he ran it back with one of our guys. So we had this shortstop out of Kentucky. You know, he, he wasn't much. And we pranked him that our ace was deaf. So he went four or five weeks thinking that, and then all of a sudden they're in the mound visit, pivotal situation, and they're going over plays, and Candy, our ace, is like, yeah, chef, I got you, like, good sign. And Dallas is like, you can hear him? I, I thought, I thought, I thought, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. That's hilarious. Uh, I have a, I have one, but it'll take too long. we got to wrap up. Somebody sent in a question for us. Will you guys be heading to Southern Illinois or Indianapolis on Monday, April 8th to witness the last total solar eclipse? Uh, in the U.S. until 2044, I actually have hotel reservations in a small town in Ohio that is in the path of totality because the last total eclipse, I did go down to SIU, and it was unbelievable. So this time, uh, my wife is coming, but we, it was it took so long to get back from southern Illinois because millions of people had come into that area that this time I was like, well, let's try something different. We picked a, a smaller town closer away. I've studied all the maps, and yes, we will be. All right, we got to get out of here. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening all year. We will be back with you next week. Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio comes up after the news. Matt, Happy New Year. Enjoy your you uh, time away. Well. Thank you, sir. And uh, Jessica, I'm sure you're listening. Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to all of you. We'll talk to you in 2024. It's WTMJ.